Wind southeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. The high today, 70. Tonight, just clear skies. Wind southeast at 10 to 15 miles an hour. The lows near 53 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny. The winds southeast at 10 to 15. The high about 76 degrees. In the extended forecast for Monday, sunshine out there. Highs around 78. Tuesday, sunshine. Highs around 78. And on Wednesday, some sunshine. The high around 78 degrees. The winds are from the east at 10, the barometer's at 30, 37, and it's steady. The relative humidity, 72%. Here at our studios, it's 54 degrees with clear skies. From the Weather Radio Forecast Center, I'm staff meteorologist Tom Churchill. WPCA Radio weather has been made possible by Swant Graber Auto Group at Barron. With a great selection of new Ford, Dodge, and Chevrolet cars and trucks, and a great service department. More information at 888-805-9179. It is 20 seconds past 9 o'clock, and that means it's time for Deep Roots Radio with Sylvia Burgos-Toffness. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, good morning. Bright, sunny day today. Beautiful. A yeah. little a little cool. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> fall, fall is showing its colors a little bit here. Well, you know, we've got the fall festival coming up in Polk County, rather Polk County, in uh, Amory, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, which is in Polk County next week. So right. I guess it's... It is fall. It is fall. Yeah. It is fall. It was nice to see the uh, farmer's market, though, setting up mm. as I was coming in. And, you know, as we've talked about in the past on Deep Roots Radio, the number of farmer's markets proliferating around the United States has grown tremendously, yeah. almost geometrically, in the last 10 years. People want good food. Mm -hmm. They seem to want more local food. They want to be assured that whatever it is that they're buying uh, and they're consuming has been grown not only nearby, but grown in a sustainable fashion. Right. Uh, the question remains, you know, is it healthful? Is it got as many nutrients in it as you can possibly get? Well, one of the things I can't help but think about is, Dave Corbett, the number of reports that have come out in the last, let's say, five years, maybe mm -hmm. only three years, about what's good or bad for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So at what time wine was horrific for you, and now, you know, a couple right. of days, fine. Yep. Um, coffee was poo-pooed, and now it's, it seems to be okay. I have right. no idea. And of course, butter was mm. demonized right. for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. and is now back on the yeah on the on the good list said to be better for you than margarine yes yeah as are eggs right right yep and so you wonder why did we get all of this strange news about food mhm mm and i have talked to food chemists actually people who make food okay and who create these amazing recipes for large large processors and I even put a question to one who was sitting across from me sharing a cup of coffee. And I asked, you know, so we got this whole story about red meat being bad for you mm -hmm. and cholesterol being the, the, the devil on that side. And now we're hearing that it's not. What's the deal? Mm -hmm. And this food chemist responded, well, we've always known that there's been no connection between red meat and heart disease. Mm. And okay. so I responded with, so why were we told that there was? Right. And the response was, because it sells, it sells 
uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh. All right. So, and certainly red meat is not the only thing that, as we have said, has been on the don't eat list mm -hmm. for years. Why, why, why? And if these things are now being found out to be actually good for you, how do we return to that more traditional diet? Right. Well, on the phone with us this morning is someone who can certainly point us in the right direction. It is the president of the Weston A. Price Foundation, Ms. Sally Fallon Morell. Good morning, Sally. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> very, very good. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us on the show this morning because well, that you. whole idea of what's good for you and what is traditional food, because that is the focus of the Weston A. Price Foundation. How do you define it? Well, that's why we set up the foundation uh, to provide accurate information about food and about what we should eat. And since we have no ties to any of the food industries, we can tell the truth. Mm. <laughs> and all of these foods like butter, eggs, red meat, uh, organ meats like liver that we've been told are bad for us are actually the foods that healthy traditional people valued the most. All right. So the Weston A. Price, it, now it's not just about identifying this food. It seems that you actually do research behind and, and to support those assertions. Well, we certainly look for the science and we're always showing how the science validates these traditional food ways. Uh, we would love to do more research, you know, real laboratory research. But the little bit of research that we have done indicates that when you have your animals outside on pasture in the sunlight eating green grass, uh, they will be much better sources of some really critical vitamins, vitamins A, D, and K. And these were the vitamins that Dr. Price found were so high in the traditional diets. Well, tell us a little bit about Dr. Price, because it, the, the foundation bears his name. And, and how is it that the foundation came about to be, based on his okay. research? Okay. Well, Dr. Price was the author of a wonderful book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, which he w wrote in the 1940s to describe uh, his work among isolated people. Um, uh, he um, traveled all over the world and studied their teeth, and he found 14 groups with uh, perfect dental health. They had no cavities, but more than that, they had beautiful wide faces and naturally straight teeth, hmm. and they were robust and healthy all over with a very high immunity to illness. So when he found these people, he then said, well, what are these people eating? And the diets were all very different. Uh, you know, there were people from Alaska and people from the South Seas, <laughs> very different diets. But there was an underlying characteristic, and that is that they were nutrient-dense. They were very mm. high in minerals and vitamins. And especially the vitamins we get in the foods we're told not to eat, foods like uh, butter, organ meats, um, raw milk, uh, certain types of seafood, um, eggs, and full-fat foods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Sally, this country, our nation, 
has moved away steadily from those kinds of foods. And in yes, fact, unfortunately, yeah. And, and in fact, in all our advertising and in every kind yeah. of uh, promotion that we used to get anyway from the USDA and from our own you know, medical practitioners, they would say, stay away from these things, stay away from these things, stay away from these things, yeah. eat margarine, yeah. Na- yeah, right. eat oils. That's national policy, actually, yep. to use the vegetable oils and eat margarines or spreads and to avoid the animal fats. And well, this, this comes from the edible oil industry or the vegetable oil industry. Uh, they're relentless advertising and propaganda campaigns for the last hundred years. And basically the, um, the government agencies do their bidding and the real uh, serious change came when the USDA got involved trying to come up with dietary guidelines. Mm. And their guidelines in the 80s, which told people to avoid fats and eat lots of carbohydrates, were a disaster, just a disaster. And it's our children who are paying the price with the epidemic that we have of learning dis- disabilities, behavior disorders, Growth problems, uh, digestive problems are huge among young people. You know, Sally, one of the things that we tend to do on this show is to take a look at food policy because that has such a huge impact on what we consider to be normal in this country. Yes. And that, that policy really has an influence on what we have available to us in the grocery store. Yeah. The kind of teaching that we have in our classrooms, if there is any anymore, and the perceptions that we have in our heads. So I don't know. I I, I would suspect you and I are probably both baby boomers. Yes, I'm a baby boomer. And I grew up kind of thinking that cooking and homemaking was not a thing to do. Uh, It was pretty much denigrated and devalued. And all the skills that came with it were kind of devalued as well even even in home ec classes the food industry specifically targeted home ec teachers and dietitians uh, to get them to teach young people how to use processed foods Mm -hmm. yep and certainly after world war ii one of the big things that occurred was the box mix yeah and the tv dinner and the sauce mixes I remember when the uh, when my mother came home with the first packet of uh, seasonings for spaghetti sauce. Yep. And, of course, it's just loaded with MSG. Right. So here we are. All right. So, we're, you know, let's move forward 50 years. And here we are, a nation that's really acclimated, habituated to cheap food fast. Mm. And, here and that's we- considered patriotic to, <laughs> use, to eat cheap food. That's right. That's right. It's the American way. Yes. But here we are finding more and more research to substantiate the notion that our grandma had it right. Well, maybe our great, great, great grandma. <laughs> All right. Well, well, tell me about that. So when we think about traditional cooking and we think about traditional foods, you've mentioned butter. You've mentioned kind of saturated fats. You've mentioned um, whole fat foods. Yes. Like whole milk, whole milk, and yeah. and whole grains. So, how is it that we can uh, can 
oh, let's see, find out more about this? And oh, also, okay. how do we regain both the knowledge and the skills for better nutrition at home? Right, and skills are just important as knowledge. I'm glad you mentioned that. So that's what the Weston A. Price Foundation does. We provide the information, the knowledge. We pride ourselves in taking difficult-to-understand scientific information and making it accessible to the uh, consumer, making it understandable. Mm-hmm. Are you there? Yep. Okay. Uh, there was an echo that just stopped, so that's good. Uh, making it understandable to the consumer. And also we teach people how to do these things. So, for example, the journal that we published, the first part of the journal is more about the science and you know, the latest studies and so forth. And then the back part of the journal is about cooking, gardening, farming, uh, practical practical things that you can do. And that is a quarterly journal that was put out by the Weston A. Price Foundation, and you get it when you're a member. That's exactly right. You get a journal plus our educational materials, and uh, you, you join our family, so to speak. Now, how big is that membership of Weston A. Price now? We're about 12,000 members, and uh, I think our influence is much greater than that. We have a huge Facebook page, huge social media presence. Uh, Podcasts, it's coming up on a million downloads, and we recognize that people learn things in different ways. Some people like to read, some people like to listen. Uh, So so we try to make our information as uh, available in many different formats. Right. Now... You are a worldwide organization? We're worldwide, yes. We have uh, local chapters all over the world. Uh, we just uh, got a chapter in Iran. <laughs> wow. So let's, let's delve into a couple of these, of these foods that have been, oh, I don't know, kicked kick to, kick to the floor, <laughs> yes. kicked to the curb yes. in the last 50, 60 years. Let's take, um, let's take butter, all right? Okay. Yeah. So... Butter, you know, got pushed off the table by the margarine people. And what is it, though, that should we should know to bring butter back? I mean, what is it that butter gives us? Well, first of all, butter has saturated fats in it. And so the very first hurdle is to, to understand that this is it's completely wrong to think that saturated fats are bad. Our bodies need saturated fats in large amounts, and if we don't eat them, our bodies have a backup plan, which is to make them out of carbohydrates, and especially refined, empty carbohydrates. So if you say, I'm not going to eat saturated fats, you'll end up craving the carbs. And, And the fats in butter, there's a whole range of fats in butter that are really good for us. Uh, butter is uh, one of our only sources of myristic acid, and that's a fat that your kidneys need to work properly. Hmm. Um, butter is a source of something called arachidonic acid, which we get only in animal fats. And arachidonic acid is critical for our brains, for hmm. thinking. Uh, it's critical for healthy skin and healthy digestion to protect us against food sensitivities. Uh, we don't get any of these things from margarines and spreads. Hmm. And in addition, if the butter comes from animals outside in the sunlight and green grass, they will be good sources of these very important vitamins, vitamins A, D, and K. 
So let me ask you about another one, so a component uh, that's been associated with red meats and that has been burned at the stake, which is cholesterol. Oh, yeah. So is, is cholesterol the horrible thing that we've tended to hear for the last 40 years? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, even the most ardent promoter of the cholesterol theory, Ansel Keys, said that the cholesterol we eat has no bearing <clears throat> on the cholesterol levels in our blood. And secondly, uh, children absolutely need cholesterol in their diets. They can't make cholesterol. Uh, they, mother's milk is very high in cholesterol because babies really need a lot of cholesterol for their brains, their nervous system. And children need a high cholesterol diet right through their growing years. And what we're doing with our children is a kind of um, starvation. Mm. At the age of two, we put them on a diet that's low in cholesterol, and so they're not getting the basic building blocks they need for growth and for the development of their brain. And uh, this, this is, um, we're going to look back on this age as, um, you know, probably the worst possible age for growing children. Kind of the dark ages of, of the food. deficiencies in the diet we give them. Right. Well, I'm sorry to have talked over you there. But so, so this is kind of a dark ages for children because? Because parents are misinformed and uh, don't have access to the kind of foods that children need to, to reach their genetic poten potential. Yeah. You know, it was, it's so interesting. Sally Fallon, you, uh, Morell, you are the author of a number of books that really do help us understand both the science behind the food and the skills that we need to redevelop. Your, uh, I was first introduced to Weston A. Price and your, um, your publications through your first book from 2000, uh, Nourishing Traditions, the cookbook right. that challenges politically <laughs> correct nutrition and diet dictocrats. Right. And, you know, that book um, definitely never had any promotion from the establishment. <laughs> I, can, I <laughs> but, best believe it. But it's um, uh, kind of sold by word of mouth, and it's become something of a classic today. Now, what's, what's the basic principle? If you were to try to identify it briefly, in the book that came out in 2005, Eat Fat, Lose Fat. Oh, that principle was that you actually can be more successful with weight loss if you eat fats, including animal fats, and then also a very special fat, that's the coconut oil. Because coconut oil, although it is another demonized fat, is very beneficial to your thyroid gland and to your metabolism. And coconut oil boosts your metabolism, so raises your body temperature, hmm. and so you can... Uh, lose weight more easily. Wow. And then you've got a couple of more books that, that you published um, that people might be familiar with. Ones that I refer to, I'll tell you Sally, all the time. One is Nourishing Broth, and that came out three years ago. Right. I know and Dave Corbett and I are both uh, raised grass-fed beef. And so making bone broth is a regular part of what I do at home. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a skill that everyone needs. It's not hard to do. Throw those bones in a slow cooker <laughs> with some water and an onion and let it cook overnight. Um, all, all traditional cultures made use of the bones, usually by making a bone broth. And when you 
consume the bone broth, you're getting all the components of collagen. Mm-hmm. And you have more collagen in your body than muscle, and so you need to nourish that collagen. So the bone broth has many, many benefits, including benefits to our mood and outlook. It, it'll um, settle down a hyperactive child and uh, give a boost to a kind of slow child. <laughs> and um, we really need to get ba- real broth back into our diets. Now, what is it that's out there? Is, is, is what we can find in the grocery store, is that stuff real? No. In fact, those TV dinners I mentioned, uh, the reason the industry could make those dinners was because they discovered MSG, and so they could make something that looked like gravy on the turkey, but it didn't have any broth in it. It just had the flavoring MSG, which we're now realizing it can be quite harmful, especially to growing children. So is most of the broth out there also a combination of just flavorings? Well, it depends, and you have to kind of research it, and that's one of the things the Weston A. Price Foundation does. We publish a shopping guide, and we give brand names of all the brands of broth, for example, or whatever product it is, uh, in the shopping guide. And that's one of the things you get with your membership. All right. You know, another thing that's made available to us is your uh, food guide, kind of an 84-page booklet called Healthy for Life. Yes. uh And that, it is an amazing resource in and of itself because it answers so many confusions, so many questions, rather, that that really have confused the airwaves about what's good food, what's bad food, um, how does it need to be treated. For example, uh, let's take whole grain bread. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, when whole grains became a thing about eight, nine, ten years ago, everybody in the world was making whole whole grain bread commercially. Yes, right. Now. And now everybody's got grain intolerance. (laughs) So let me ask you, so just getting an ingredient, like a whole grain, Mm -hmm. into your diet isn't necessarily enough, is it? No, you need to know how to prepare the food. And again, when we look at traditional cultures, no traditional culture just ate the whole grain without very extensive preparation beforehand because grains have a lot of toxins in them, and they're very hard to digest. So traditional cultures soaked those grains. uh, They basically fermented them. They made a sour porridge or they made sourdough bread. And once we do that, then the grains are a lot more digestible. And when you add fat to the grains, they're more digestible still. So you have your sourdough bread with lots of butter on the bread, and you'll find that it goes down much better. You don't get the indigestion afterwards. Um, You know, whole grains can make people really, really sick if they're sensitive to them. You know, you just made me feel so much better about a snack I had last night, Sally. (laughs) I got home from a late-night event, and I I was hungry. So I made myself some sourdough toast with lots of butter on it and a cup of whole milk with chocolate. (laughs) No, (laughs) I understand that chocolate isn't necessarily the plus thing, but I was done. I was satisfied with with that. Yeah, I think think it would have worked even without the chocolate. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. And one thing you find is if you are eating plenty of good fats, whole milk, meat with the fat, really getting a nourishing diet, 
your um, you know cravings for other types of food like sugar, chocolate, coffee, uh, that should um, diminish, hopefully even go away. Yeah, they do diminish over time, especially I find myself, if I have enough fat in my diet, I don't want the sweet. Exactly. It's, it's, I'm the same way. Yes. It, it's really kind of funny. It takes a lot of really good butter, but you know, that's worth yeah. it. That's but worth it, it. it's worth it, and it works. Yes. <laughs> it does work. It does work. Let's go to one more, more uh, kind of ingredient that became really popular in the last 10 years or 15, and that is soy. Oh, yes, yes. Well, soy is a toxic plant. Um, it's very hard to digest, and it contains these estrogen-like compounds, which cause uh, hormone dysregulation. They're very feminizing. And also these um, compounds really fry your thyroid gland. Um, they can cause horrible problems with thyroid function. And that's why in Asia, traditionally, Soy was fermented for a long time to get rid of some of the toxins and then only eaten in small amounts because the fermentation does not get rid of all of the toxins in soy. Unfortunately, soy here is a highly processed food and it's being promoted as a health food. At least it was until we started pointing out the, the dangers from soy. And it's, it's still around in a lot of foods, things like Ensure and bars. In school lunches, uh, 30% of the hamburger mix is soy hmm. being fed to vulnerable children. So, we, yeah, yes, we're very concerned. Even the soy fed to animals, um, those pr- funny proteins can come through in the meat and the milk and the eggs. Now, let, let, just to clarify, and you can correct me on this, Sally, when you say that some of these plants are toxic and some of these grains, seeds, beans also t- contain co- toxins, we're talking about naturally occurring components within the plant that in fact help them to blossom and create seeds for the next generation and to ward off pests these are basically pesticides and um just because they're natural doesn't mean they're good for us got it got it well sally where can people go in order to find out more and and we can certainly talk about the website but we've got a conference coming up can you tell us about that Right. Um, our website is westonaprice.org, and our conference called Wise Traditions, uh, we have it every year, the second weekend in November. And this one is in Minneapolis, so close to home. <laughs> and again, in our conference, we pride ourselves on offering everything from complex nutritional information to uh, cooking classes and, and practical um, workshops for people who are just getting into this kind of eating. And the thing we're most proud of is that the food we serve at the conference reflects our tr- principles of traditional diets. Right. So this year it's being held November 10th through 13th in Minneapolis, right. Minnesota. And you can find out more and register on your website. Yes, if you, if you just go to wisetraditions.org, You'll, that will take you right to the conference page. Great. Otherwise, you can access it through www.westonaprice.org. Yes, yes. Great. Well, as we get to the end, uh, to the close of this show, Sally, I'm wondering if there are any one or two thoughts that you'd like to have our listeners leave with. I think the the most important thing to realize is that it's worth it. 
especially if you are of childbearing age, bringing up children, it will make a huge difference in your children's life uh, for all of their life. Uh, if you put an effort into feeding them nutrient-dense traditional foods. Right. And that means not only the, the ingredients that you start with, but also the processes. The processes, the methods. And these methods aren't hard. They're not particularly time-consuming. They do require uh, planning yes. and thinking ahead. But that's a very good skill to develop in life for everything we do. Absolutely. And just uh, to make sure that everybody understands, in truth, in, in advertising here, I am one of the speakers at this conference. Yes, we're looking forward to hearing you. Uh, about bone broth and sourdough bread. And the, the list of speakers and the list of people who are talking about the practical ways to get this done is just astounding. This is a, a, a conference for those who are wondering about it because they've never heard about it, as well as those who are somewhat experienced in it, I would think. Right. And one thing we're doing uh, new this year, I'm giving an all-day master chef or master cooking class. And I guarantee you, even if you have never cooked before, you will leave this class with all the skills you need to be a great chef. Wow. Well, thank you, Sally, so much for being a part of our show today. As we close here, any, any other thoughts or questions, Dave Corbett? Well, my head is swimming. I, <laughs> I've been sitting here listening with uh, 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 incredible attention. Your mouth open. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, it just dawned on me, I guess, a comment I had was, is that how uh, the food industry now seems to be almost coming up with uh, fake versions of what you're talking about. Yes. Is yes. that Would that be a fair statement? Uh, absolutely. There's fake sourdough bread <laughs> where they just <laughs> add a little vinegar to make it taste sour. Uh, there's fake um, sauces out there. Yeah, they've made spreads that they say are just like butter. You know, it, a lot of fake stuff. Yeah. Now they're, now they're trying to make fake meat. Yes. <laughs> that That's one that actually has me horrified. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, Sally, thank you once again, and I look forward to seeing you in November. Well, I look forward to seeing you and many of your listeners there. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and uh, let's give those uh, where people would go if they're interested in attending again. If you're interested in attending this conference, which is November 10th through 13th in Minneapolis, Minnesota, you can go to one of two places. Go, you can actually go and uh, Google Wise Traditions, or you can go to the Weston A. Price Foundation's webpage, which is Weston, and that's W-E-S-T-O-N, the letter A, P-R-I-C-E dot org. All right. And what about your website? My website is www.bronxtobarn.com, where you can find out about how my husband David and I raise our 100% grass-fed beef, and you can order beef online. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Now it's time for the Bible.